It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning We're here. We're ready to go. Hopefully you are as well as you get your Thursday started. Whatever that Thursday may include, more than likely work and dropping the kids off at school. But we welcome you in and we thank you for listening. It is time for Sports 56 Mornings, the Thursday, November 9th, 2023 edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd, and a cast of thousands for you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their overstock sale continues just in time for the holidays. Deals on just about everything. 2120 Witten Road, that is just north of I-40. And as Mr. Announcer Man said, first hour of the program is brought to you by our friends at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Currently, it's cloudy and 67. That's about as warm as it will be today. It is going to drop the temperatures. In fact, tonight you're looking at a low of under 50, about 49 degrees. There is a chance for some precipitation. And then tomorrow, sunshine, clouds mixed with a high of only 58. So I hope you enjoyed that warm weather. It's going to get a little colder. Not really, really cold, but it will get colder over the next few days into the weekend. Coming up on the program today, first hour, we're going to Turn our attention to the Grizzlies and the NBA. We'll talk a little college hoops as well. Got some other things from the world of sports. And then we dive into the Tigers in Charlotte in Hour 2. Head coach Ryan Silverfield joins us at 8.05. And then we'll have the Tiger football report. Eli will break down the numbers. The Jimmys and the Joes for the Tigers and the Charlotte 49ers. Their first ever meeting on the football field. Then from 9 to 10, it's Thursday. That means the AutoZone Liberty Bowl inside college football hour. We'll be joined by Harold Grader. We'll have our world-famous pick six, where one of you will go up against one of us for some delicious Central Barbecue. That's the lineup for today. Of course, uh, during the open segments, and uh, anytime you want to text in, 901-360-8255. Love reading your text. Love the interaction. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, most social media platforms, and then on the website. Just send anything that you'd like to sportsmemphis.com, comments, questions, Concerns, Mr. Savoy. How are you on this uh, Thursday morning? I am. Uh, I'm good. Good, I guess. Also good. Yeah, I'm. I'm good, I guess, as well. And then I'm looking at Zach Boyd, and he's dressed in all black, so he's commiserating the Grizzlies' seventh loss in eight games. Right, Zach? No, I'm commiserating my lack of sleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can wear any color for that. I mean, you're going to be tired no matter what. But yeah, last night it was. Um, my prediction was off. Now, the Grizzlies had a chance. If you watch the game, I was at the game for the first half and then came home and watched on television the second half of the game. And the Grizzlies, after Santi Aldama got a steal and hit a three, pulled within one possession of the Heat. 105-102, final stages of the game. We thought maybe they're going to pull this thing off. And then, out of all people, the rookie, Jaime Jaquez, Left open in the corner for three, and he drills the triple. And for all intents and purposes, the Grizzlies lose for the seventh time in eight games. They fall 108-102 to the Miami Heat to improve to 4-4, four and four, and the hits just keep on coming. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, you, you watching the way the Grizzlies played, especially if you just look at the numbers, the fact that they shot... 30, less than 39% from the field, 11 of 37 from three. Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart combined to go eight for 30 from the field. You would have thought they would have got blown out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, like, I it exactly. was weird. I kept wild. I was like, I don't know why. How are the Grizzlies in this game? Like, what are they? This doesn't make sense because Adebayo's going crazy. Like, they can't stop him. They keep following him. He keeps making free throws. Kyle Lowry's looking like Kyle Lowry of 10 years ago. Grizzlies can't make a shot. Desmond Bain can't make a shot. And then I kept looking at the score. I'm like, but yet they're they're right there. And then they Santi gets the shot. You're like, oh my gosh, are they gonna figure out some way to just pull off a miracle here? Um, but Jaime Hakez said 
no, no can do on that. Um, it's, they just can't seem to get all of the pieces together at, in one game. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, this guy plays well, that guy shoots poorly. These guys shoot it well, this guy plays poorly. Like, they starters do well, bench is bad. Bench does all right, start, a couple of the starters are bad. Like, they just can't, for whatever reason, mesh it all together in one effort, it seems like. And it was like, it didn't even dawn on me until uh, Pete Pranica was saying at the end of the game last night that, They've now lost four home games, and they lost five all of all last, of last year. year. Like I was like, "Wow!" I didn't even think about that. They were the best home team in the league last year. Now they can't win a home game this year. It, it's I feel it's bad just for crazy. I feel bad for Pete because he's going to eventually forget his catchphrase at the end of a game. Nail Hammer Coffin hasn't had to be uttered. Is it Nail Hammer Coffin? Hammer Hammer yeah. Nail Coffin. Excuse me, but it hasn't had to be uttered only one time this year. So. Mm-hmm. You know that's um, that's a tradition like none other, but we have not seen that, with the exception of one time on Sunday in Portland. But you are spot on, and I've already said this several times. To me, this team right now, right now, with all the injuries, with no John Morant, to beat even the bottom rung of the NBA, Bain and Jackson have to play exceptionally well. Smart has to be good, and the bench has to contribute. And those components, like you said, have not been together maybe the Portland game on Sunday because you had Bismack Biombo get his first playing time. He contributed. He was a starter, obviously, but you had Kennard finally find his range from the outside, and it was Aldama's first game, I think, back. Last night, the bench was good. Kennard comes out uh, off the bench and hits three threes immediately. And he does a pretty good job, as does Aldama. Kennard goes for 13. Aldama goes for 12 and 8. So that's 25 for those two. Biombo nearly had a double-double, so he's doing that Stephen Adams lunch pail work. 9 points, 10 rebounds. Jaron has 28. Now, he only gets 4 rebounds, which still drives you crazy as big as he is. But he gets you 28. But as you said, Bain and Smart... Could not shoot the ball. Could not find the ocean from the pier. And they need all those components to click to even beat, well, Miami's a good team, but to even beat a Portland or a Utah who comes in on Friday. Now, as far as the best teams in the league, even with all those components clicking, it's going to be hard. It is just not a good basketball team. They will be much better when Ja comes in, but I don't know if Ja is going to be the savior of the 2023-24 Grizzlies basketball team. And that's just the facts, Jack. And if you throw Zaire in, um, with Bain and Smart, you have three starters who go a combined 9 of 39 and 2 of 16 from three-point range. Are we ready to pull the plug? And, and really, the and that's 2 of 16 from three-point range from your the three starters who are really supposed to be your three shooters in the starting lineup really I mean you could Jaron again Jaron can knock down threes but your your three your two guards and your three with a combined two of 16 from three-point range are we ready to pull the plug on Zaire Williams he is a rotation eighth ninth guy he's not a starter he just isn't and it wasn't just because of last night's game I just don't see it I don't see what other people see in Zaire Williams, I've seen them when there were a couple of Miami's really good as when when they want to go to the hole, they go to the hole and they go to the hole hard. Whether it's Butler, whether it's Lowry, Hero, and of course Tyler Hero got hurt in that game. He was injured eight minutes in with an ankle injury. They didn't have him the rest of the game. Bam out of bio. They're so physical. And Zaire's backing off that stuff. I just no, it's, I'm not blaming him on the loss, but I I just don't think he's a starter. I know they're stuck. They're stuck. It's either start Kennard or do something with Zaire, but Zaire's not contributing the way he should be. I don't know. It's just, it's a big mess right now. It's a big mess. And yet, last night, they nearly pulled it off. Utah comes in on Friday. They are 2-7. and seven, And they got the news yesterday that Walker Kessler, with a strained or sprained elbow, is going to miss a couple of weeks, so they won't have one of their big guys. Maybe the Grizzlies win that one. Maybe, and then they had a, and then they go back west again. They head to the on the road again. 
So the 10 and 15 record that we were all hoping for, which is still five games under 500, but doable to come back from that when Ja returns, that 10 and 25, or 10 and 15 rather, during his 25 game suspension, seems like the impossible dream right now. Yeah, I, I mean, they've got to win Friday. They've got to get a home win. Got to win Friday, and then we'll see what happens on the road. Who play? You know, AD sat out last night for the Lakers. They got killed by Houston. Um, so you, you'll you never know. We'll see what happens as far as that. But it, it certainly doesn't look good at this point. Kyle Lowry, by the way, last night, nearly a triple double: seventeen points, eleven rebounds, nine assists. Went four of seven from three. The seventeen points, the eleven rebounds, the nine assists, and the four made threes. All season highs. <laughs> Kyle Lowry had been terrible this year. He'd only been in double digits one time before last night. And then last night almost gets a triple double. Kyle <laughs> he, Lowry. He, he was, like, I don't even know. He went, he, he was, he was unbelievable. Yeah, Kyle Lowry is old. And yet, you look at the career, and everybody knows the story. Obviously, he was drafted by the Grizzlies. He was with Conley. They kept Conley. Nobody's. Nobody's mad about that. I mean, Conley was fantastic, the conductor all his years with the Grizzlies. And the fact of the matter is they couldn't keep both. Lowry has gone on to be, what, a four-time, five-time All-Star? Zach, how many times has Lowry been an All-Star? It's got to be four or five times, right? Is he an NBA? Is he a Hall of Famer, Kyle Lowry? I don't think so. I mean, he's at least in the conversation. Kyle Lowry's put together an incredible career. But you're right. Last night, it was like out of nowhere, puts together a season high in all those categories. Six times. Six-time All-Star. He may be a Hall of Famer. Six-time All-Star. Bam Adebayo, 30 and 11. Has he ever been, has he been All-NBA at all? Probably not. I mean, you think about all those years... I, mean, not, I, I don't. I don't think he is. If, if I don't, if he's never been All NBA, he's. Not, I don't. I can't put him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, LeBron's in the East for those years with Cleveland and Miami. I. I don't know. I just know that he's at least in the conversation. When you're a six-time All Star, I wonder how many points too. If you, you if you can find that, Zach, just let us know. But anyway, Lowry steps up last night. Bam is Bam, thirty and eleven. Jimmy Butler was just marginal in this game. You lose Tyler Hero to the ankle injury, and of all the people, Heine Hawkes hits the three to put it away, to put it on ice. But again, this is a team, the Grizzlies, that their margin for error is so slim, and unfortunately it's been mostly slim this year, that they can't afford to have Dez or Jackson have an off game. They both have to be, like I said, really good. Smart's got to be solid, and the bench has to produce. And the bench, at least the last two games, with Aldama's return and Kennard finding his shot, has been good. The um, With the performance last night, um, congratulations to the Grizzlies. They are back in uh, last place in offensive rating. So they got that they, going for themselves, which they is had, nice. Uh, they had jumped ahead of Portland. Now they have fallen back behind them. They are now 30th in the league in offensive rating. The, the offense is uh, it's, it's a struggle. Kyle was third in All-NBA in the 15-16 season. So one third team? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what does he have career points? If you could find that. Six-time All-Star. I mean, he's not going to have LeBron numbers, but he's going to have probably enough with his assists. and Just the dirty work that he did for years for Miami. Yeah, career numbers-wise, Kyle, uh, 14.5 points, uh, 6.3 assists. Yeah, I was just looking for total points. But oh, that, total points? But that's, you know, again, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. So, anyway, and Miami's notorious for starting the season off slow. That just got them to 500 at 4-4. Four and four, And that's their first road win of the year. But it's at the expense of the Grizzlies. Uh, Zaire, 21 minutes, 1 of 9. 0 of 5 from 3, 2 rebounds, 2 total points. Again, they're getting hardly any production from him. Bain Bain has had 2 or 3 off games already shooting. I know there's a lot put on his shoulder. Kyle has over, um, well, he's approaching 1,600 points here. No, 16,000, right? Yeah, that's something, 16,000. 16,000, that's strong. 
But again, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. There's not even when Ja returns. Obviously, this team is better and more competitive. But you know, I, every year I say, "Yeah, I don't know about the Grizzlies," and they always exceed my expectations. This time, they're going to be below my expectations. I just don't see how they make this comeback, even with Ja, unless there's some big trade. But I don't know what assets they have because teams, which used to always care about those first-round picks, don't seem to care. The Grizzlies have some assets with picks, and then they have a bunch of players who nobody wants. LaRavia can't even get off the bench. He was picked, what, 18th or 19th in the draft? Zaire was 10th. Zaire was 10th. These guys, they're striking out on these guys. Roddy's a marginal backup. I give Bismack Biombo credit. So far, two games that he's played, he came in in the final moments of that game on Friday in Portland. But he's played two games and so far has been solid for two games. I like what he's done. He's brought some energy, some defense. Almost had the double-double. But, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating right now. I'm sure it's frustrating for the front office. I ran into Zach Kleiman going up the stairs as he was going down the stairs before the game. Just uh, said hello to him. I'm sure he's thinking about what, what can we do because this early in the season, eight games in, you got to try to figure out what what can we do to salvage. You can't just wave the white flag. I know Stephen Adams had his operation, and as operations go, it was a success. Expected to be back ahead of schedule is what they said for next season, but he ain't coming back this year. And who knows with Brandon Clark? Brandon Clark, if he's anything like. The Brandon Clark of old, and he's able to come back even the last month of the season. Now, that's nice, but by that time, they're going to probably be out of it. Even getting into the play-in situation is going to be tough. We're looking at improved teams all around the Western Conference. And we're going to talk about what happened last night in the NBA. I don't know if some of these teams can keep up the pace, but... Houston's 4-4, four and four, for goodness sakes. And they beat the Lakers, as you mentioned earlier last night. Dylan, I don't know if he got the better of LeBron, but his team got the better of the Lakers. As last night, LeBron went for 18-6, and six, but didn't have the help of AD. Dylan, just five points, four rebounds, two of six from the field. But I didn't watch the game. I assume he did a pretty good job on LeBron defensively. Jalen Green was the guy who went off for 28. But is it sustainable? Houston at 4-4. Four and four. But right now, if you look at the standings, let me pull up the standings. It seems like teams are settling into what you would expect. For example, in the East, Cleveland right now is 11th. You expect Cleveland to be better. They've had some injuries. Chicago, Washington, Charlotte, Detroit. They're the teams you expect at the bottom. They're at the bottom. In the West, San Antonio, and I know Wembenyama has been everything uh, that he was expected to be when he made the move from France to the draft and now the number one overall pick. Didn't have a great night last night in his first game at the Madison Square Garden, but Spurs are 3-5, and five, but they'll probably be at the bottom. The Lakers, you expect them to get going. Portland at the bottom, Utah at the bottom, and unfortunately the Grizzlies at the bottom. And again, those are the teams you expect at the bottom. If New Orleans and Zion's healthy, they're, they're certainly at a team that could be in the top six, but at least in the play-in. Sacramento, we know how good they can be, and they are missing De'Aaron Fox. You know, some of these young teams are really taking the step up. Oklahoma City, off to a 5-3 and three start. So, again, the bottom teams in both conferences, just seven, eight games into the season, it's starting to look like what you expected it to look like. Teams at the top, teams at the bottom. Yeah, I mean it's it, that's it's generally they're there's a they're good and they're bad. I, yeah. Houston's not going to keep this up. I mean, again, the Grizzlies got to stay in touch in these first twenty five. You, you don't want to be. I mean, right now they're like two games out of the play in. Like, you just got to stay in touch during the first twenty five, and then when Ja gets back, hopefully you make your move. Which once Ja's back, we'll see who else is playing at that point. Who knows what other injuries or things might happen by then, but. Um, when Jai gets back, you're good. You're going to have to go on a run and start winning games, which they're more than capable of doing because when Jai's healthy, they're, or, well, not healthy, but able to play, right. um, they're one of the better teams in the West. 
I don't know. I don't know if they're one of the better teams this year. I just I don't know. Um, but they are better. There's no question they can go on a run. And as you said, you you got to stay within shouting distance. But right now, the shout while still being heard is is faintly being heard. Um, here's their schedule coming up, and of course, you don't know what the situation will be for the opponent. Will AD be back sooner than later? Because they do have the Lakers coming up on Tuesday of next week. Maybe they get the Lakers, although on the road, without AD. But the Jazz on Friday. Again, a 2-17 versus a 1-17. Then you got to go out west to the Clippers, to the Lakers. Uh, you got to go to the Spurs. Again, the Spurs not a great team, but who's stopping Wembenyama? Celtics. The Rockets in Houston. Dylan's going to be pretty amped up when he plays the Grizzlies. Doesn't mean that the Grizzlies won't win that game. You know, you have to play the Suns. You have to play the Timberwolves. You do get the Jazz again. Then you go into December. You got the Mavericks. You got the Suns again. You got the Mavericks again. Rockets a couple of times. I, I don't know. I mean, if they're 25 games, I was saying probably eight to nine wins. I they could end up being five and twenty. And if they're five and twenty. Even though it's 25 games of an 82-game schedule, I don't expect Ja to walk in here and the team's going to go on a 15-game winning streak. So there, there's a lot of problems. And then, is it possible to make the move? I go back to Kleiman and company. I'm sure they're looking at every possible option. And when you look at assets, they don't have a ton. Draft picks aren't what they used to be. Who are you trading as far as players are concerned? Do other teams want these guys? right now so that's a problem if you want to talk about the grizzlies hit us up on the sports 56 listener lines you can call in you can text in 901-360-8255 when we come back we'll go around the association talk about some of the action from last night we'll talk some college basketball as well we'll get into college football and then of course hour two very busy with ryan silverfield and the memphis tiger football report this side of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of Quince and White Station. That's where you'll find East Memphis Ace Hardware and find all the things you need to get all those projects done around the house. And you'll find a great staff to help you with those projects and find exactly what it is that you need. If you got a paint project coming up, they've got a massive selection of the Benjamin Moore paints. Of course, the Big Green Egg and all the egg accessories. They are a platinum dealer of the Big Green Egg, one of the few here in Memphis. So anything you need Big Green Egg related. And I've told you many times about my Big Green Egg, which I got at East Memphis Ace Hardware. It is absolutely unbelievable. And with Thanksgiving coming up, if you want to smoke that turkey, who man, you ain't going to find a better way to do it than on one of those big green eggs from East Memphis Ace Hardware. Again, corner of White Station and Quince. Just underway on a Thursday, this is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going Welcome back, everyone. 726 the time. and talking about the Grizzlies' seventh loss in eight games. They fall to the Heat, 108-102. Elsewhere in the NBA, there were some really good games. Phoenix beat Chicago in overtime, 116-115. We finally saw the Suns' debut of Bradley Beal. Played 24 minutes, scored 13 points. But they still haven't had the big three together with Booker and Durant. But Phoenix ends up getting that win. And then a great one if you stayed up late. Denver and Golden State. Denver wins 108-105. The Joker, 35 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, said after the game he needs a day off. He's just plum tuckered out. Don't tell Adam Silver that. And then Steph Curry, 23. He hit 6 of 13 threes. But Denver, once again, showcasing their goods, even without Jamal Murray, that they are a team to be reckoned with to try to defend their title. Uh, some texts here on the Sports 56 listener line, 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. Uh, Raider Corey texts in, says, uh, message to realistic and objective Grizzlies fans. Can we please stop slamming the team? They're competing. The energy and effort is there. The roster is depleted. They've played some good to decent teams thus far. Our normal bench guys aren't producing right now. 
But what did we really expect? Only 17 more games until number 12 is back, and he's thoroughly missed. That is for sure. Do you think and just— Can I bring up—remember that whole narrative that they were better without Ja? But do you—I know, exactly. But do you think, like, all of a sudden the light bulb's on and they're kicking tail and beating everybody in the NBA when Ja returns? Do you think that's happening? Uh, when Ja gets back, they're going to be way better. I think they'll be— They'll, they'll win a lot more games. I mean, are they going to beat everybody in the NBA? Are they suddenly the best team in the NBA? No, but they'll be a really good team in the West. Do you think they're a top six team with John Morant and no Steven Adams? Yes. You do? Yeah. Okay. Um, John says it is evident that the offense is lacking and the only true point guard is Gilliard. There was a stretch early in the game in which the Grizzlies were taking three-pointers instead of driving to the basket. Smart is not playing with a sense of urgency on offense uh, when he is bringing the ball up. I hope they figure out their identity soon. Um, defensively, it will require a team effort to crash the boards. Um, yeah, I mean, again, that's, you know, Marcus Smart is not a, he's a point guard, but he's not a true. He's not a true point guard. In the sense that mm. he's not a distributor, really. Again, I mean, that's. Ja moves everybody around. Like, that's the thing. Like, Ja coming back when he is back, that that, that can move, that moves smart off the ball more. Mm-hmm. Get it, Zaire goes presumably out of the starting lineup. And the thing, and, and with Desmond, like, it, you know, Pete and Brevin talked about it last night. Like, teams right now look at the Grizzlies, and like, if you're playing the Grizzlies, you're like, don't let Desmond go off. Like, Bain now is a focal point of defense defenses. When Ja's there, Ja is that focal point, which frees Bane up to not have nearly as much pressure on him to do all of the other stuff, but also not have to worry, you know, not have the whole defense focusing on Desmond Bain because they got to worry about Ja Morant. No question about it. I think also Des feels a little pressure to kind of carry the the team and carry the burden of the team. So his shoulders are weighed down a little bit. And I think we've seen that from game to game. Not he's been inconsistent. And one thing about Des Bain. To me, so far in his career, he's been consistent. You know you're going to get a top-notch effort from him every single night, but he has had some off-shooting nights. I just think it's the pressure. And it goes back to that texter, right? Running the point. You've seen Smart run the point at times, not a pure and true point guard. Desmond Baines run the point at times, not a true point guard. Gilliard came in, did some good things last night, but I I don't know if he's an NBA point guard, maybe a, a deep bench point guard. Derek Rose was the guy that was be, being brought in as a stopgap before Ja returned. And Derek Rose, unfortunately, which has been the story of the latter part of his career after the amazing start in the MVP season, got injured again. So you don't have a true point guard on the floor. You've got quasi-point guards unless it's Gilliard coming in and they're not going to start Gilliard. So, yeah, that, that's an issue. But the other thing is, and this is a good thing, when John returns, you're right. They swing around, right? Des goes back into a, you know a three or two, whichever. I don't care what number it is, because Smart's going to be there as well. And Zaire, you would think, would come off the bench, which is, again, he's not a starter. He, he's just not a starter. Jackson is not a five. We know that he's a four. He needs to be at the four. So they've been playing before he got hurt. The X Man late last year and the start this year with Adams out, and he's. A good, solid backup. But Bismack Biombo, with his ability to rebound, he's not great. He's not some all-NBA center. He's older, but he's wise. He knows the game. He knows how to get in position for rebounds. He can block shots. He can alter shots. He can take the physicality of the game. He can set screens. So maybe that addition with Jaws' return puts the Grizzlies in that position, like you said, as, I don't know if they can get to the sixth, or top six spot, but they could be a top six team. I think Biombo could be a difference maker. If he continues to do what we've seen in the first two games, they're going to have to make a roster move. They're going to have to cut a player because they'll need to keep him unless there is a trade coming up for some center. And who knows? You know, The one name that popped up was Robert Williams. We talked about him yesterday. He's more than likely out for the years. He's going to go under the knife. So there's not a lot of those guys available. But they need that guy who's a pure five that does the dirty work. It doesn't matter if he's scoring because they don't need his scoring. And Jackson could be a pure four because the experiment of Jackson being a five is an awful experiment. The um, yeah, I mean they're they're I don't regardless of if 
still be Yambo, which I think there's a good chance it is or whatever. But, I mean, they're they're going to have to have a center. Yes. When he's another yes. center. So somebody's going to go. Like, whether they retain Biombo or go get somebody else, like, somebody's going to have to go, whether it's a trade for mm-hmm. a draft pick or something like that or somebody just being released. Somebody is going to have to um, go because they have to have another center, especially with Tillman battling injuries. Like, you, you've, at this point, probably can't expect him, I guess. I'm sure there's going to linger throughout the year. There's going to be nights where he's off, going to take, going to be off to begin with. So you absolutely have to have another center on the roster. Uh, elsewhere last night in the NBA, the Clippers lose to Brooklyn 100-93. So if you're scoring at home, James Harden with the Clippers now 0-2. Harden with 12 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Oklahoma City beat Cleveland 128-120. SGA, 43.7 rebounds and 6 assists. He's really good. Their array of young talent is just incredible. Fun team to watch, and it's paying off so far early in the season. Uh, also, Philly and Boston, battle of two of the better Eastern Conference teams. Philly wins 106-103. to Joel Embiid, 27 points and 10 rebounds. And then the Bucks beat the Pistons 120-118. to But what happened with uh, Giannis? He was not too happy. It's rare to get him that in, in that type of... What do you call it? Uh, mood uh, to go off the way he did. The technicals. It it doesn't usually come for a guy like Giannis, who as demonstrative as he is as a player and as physical as a player and as talented as a player, he's pretty even keel and really a cool customer. Lost his cool last night. Yeah, he's um he's kind of generally a, a kind of a happy go lucky type guy. I don't know. I'm yeah, not sure what, the heck, uh, what what got into him, but yeah, he was he was a uh, he was not not thrilled. All right, so that's a look at uh, the NBA, the association. Tonight NFL, the new week kicks off. I can't wait. Panthers and Bears. Does it get any better when these two rivals go at it? Yeah, I don't know. If, I'm trying to figure out if the Bears would prefer a tie in this game for draft pick consideration. It's unfortunate for them that one of the two has to win the game, theoretically. But I don't know. I don't know. Since they have both picks, I don't know if it's... The good for good news for them, I guess, one of them's going to lose. But the bad news is one of them's going to win. But it may be... I don't know. A tie might be the best outcome for the Bears. <laughs> they might play for a tie. Panthers 1-7, Bears 2-7. That's the matchup we got Friday night here in Memphis. With the Grizzlies, one and seven, and the Utah Jazz, two and seven. Uh, tonight, I think Al Michaels is going to have a lot of time to talk about vegetables and why he hates them. It's uh, the the Tyson Bagent story could only go on for so long. I mean, it could be a competitive game. The two teams are both bad. Uh, Bryce Young is coming off an awful game. I I still am high on Bryce Young, but yeah, if um, if you want. Two of the better football teams in the league, in the in the uh, shield. Not tonight with the Panthers and the Bears on Thursday night football. Uh, college basketball last night, Florida Atlantic from the American Conference. Their first year in the American Conference. Team that went to the Final Four last year. The one team that, at least on paper and from what they did last year on the court, could dethrone the Memphis Tigers. I don't see any other team really being that competitive in the American they open up the season with a 75-62 to 62 win over Loyola of Chicago. A solid win of Vladislav Golden with 19-10. and 10. They were missing one of their stars. So I don't think it's um, any stretch that Florida Atlantic is going to be another competitive team nationally. I'm not saying they're a Final Four team. I know they could have easily lost to the Tigers. Uh, we know the the story from that game last year in the NCAA tournament. But if people were thinking that they were just a one-year flash in the pan, uh, I don't think that's true. Now, I don't know if they have long-term sustainability, but as far as this year, they're good. And that was a good way to start the season. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I still don't think they're a top-10 team in the nation. But, they may not be. Um, certainly, they are. They will be very competitive with the Tigers in the American Athletic Conference. Um, we'll see how that ends up playing out. Uh, again, there's certainly not going to be any other teams um, that are up there competing at that level. Uh, would not appear in the conference. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're good. I don't think they're a great team by any means. John Varlis. John Varlis, our good buddy, who will be with us tomorrow. He texted in. He said, you know who's a true point guard for the Grizzlies? Or just, he's no longer with the Grizzlies. 
Tyus Jones. Again, that's one that... Yesterday I asked you about some of the players that the Grizzlies have had in the last few years and now are gone. And you said, I don't care. We talked about Kyle Anderson. We talked about DeAnthony Melton. I don't know if I brought up Tyus Jones. Is that one you'd like a mulligan on? Uh, I would love to have Tyus Jones here, but to to get players, you sometimes you have to give up players. I know. So I guess that's the way that works. You don't just get you don't get to make trades for guys without giving stuff up. Would I rather have Tyus Jones or Marcus Smart? I'd rather Marcus Smart. Penny Hardaway yesterday meeting the media in preparation for Friday's game, which he will not be coaching. Uh, Missouri and Memphis from Columbia. Of course, uh, Penny is serving a three-game suspension. Missed the first game. He'll miss this one and then next Friday's game against Alabama State. But he is allowed to coach his team during practice and meetings and things of that nature to prep him for the game. And he talked with the media about the game on Monday night against Jackson State. And he was not completely happy. And and he shouldn't be. He, He talked about you know, being out-rebounded and the effort that wasn't always there. I think he graded his team, what, a B-minus or a C-plus, something in that neighborhood. And I think he's spot-on about that. There's no way any coach would be satisfied with uh, that effort. There were times, certainly, when they looked fantastic. But at other times, that it looked like a team with a bunch of new players. And they got to quickly find a way to gel for Friday night's battle uh, in Columbia against a very solid Missouri team. It's not a top-five team by any stretch of the imagination. It is absolutely a winnable game. It looks like it's a pick type game when you look at the Kempom numbers. And we had uh, Andy Borman on the program yesterday. He'll join us every Wednesday during the Tiger season, Tiger assistant coach. And, yeah, he talked about the fact that early on you're going to have some growing pains and things of that nature, but as everybody knows... Memphis doesn't have that luxury, that time to kind of, you know, just ease into their season and then get ready for that the stringent conference play. Yes, they're getting ready for conference play, and winning a conference championship is extremely important, but the caliber of competition pales in comparison to what they're getting in the non-conference portion, and we know that the seed has everything to do with what they do against these better teams. So there's no time to ease in. They have to be ready. And Penny basically not not saying that, but paraphrasing, kind of alluding to that, that we have to be better, a lot better, if we are to go into Columbia and win. Yeah, well, the the, um, defense that Andy talked about yesterday, it's got to be better. I mean, Missouri um, is a good offensive team. Um, They've got a fantastic point guard. And they've got shooters, and they play really fast. They'll, they will not be. Um, they'll they'll want to run with the Tigers. Uh, it'll be an up and down game. Um, probably will come down a lot to shot making. And can the Tigers continue to make shots? You you, you feel good about this team, unlike some other you know recent teams, uh, to be able to make those shots and keep up with a team that can can knock down shots. So yeah, it's going to be certainly a big challenge. It'll be. I I think it's. It's going to be sold out. They, I think yesterday I saw that they had like 200, 300 tickets available. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a sellout. It's going to be a raucous crowd. It always is at Missouri. Um, so this will be a, a really good test. Now, the, the advantage for the Tigers, uh, Missouri does have a big game against SIU Edwardsville looming as their next game that they could be looking forward <laughs> to. So they, they're the, they, they might get caught looking ahead um, to that big tilt that is on the horizon for them. So maybe the Memphis can sneak in there and uh, get them unprepared. Now, the football team has a big one against Tennessee on Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, all those um, – extra football fans that are in town maybe catching a basketball game. You know, it's interesting with Tennessee. Tennessee will play Missouri in basketball, so they're in the conference, yet I could see some Tennessee fans going to the basketball game the night before, before the football game on Saturday, and rooting against the University of Memphis in their game against Missouri. It should be a hostile environment. It always is with the Antlers. You've been to games there, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. I did a game there years ago, and it was it was crazy. That it's a good atmosphere, really good. Man, the, I have not the been students. To, I have not been to a game in the new arena. New, I, nor I, have I. I. I've yeah. not been in the new arena, but um, the the old arena. I was uh, there 
many times. When we come back, we got some more managerial news from the Major League Baseball front, uh, some more from the National Football League, and we'll talk some college football, including Ole Miss getting set to battle the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, this Thursday, meaning today, tomorrow, and Saturday, Dinstals launches the holidays with a special weekend filled with your favorite holiday treats and a special discount on your purchases this weekend only. So start your shopping and enjoy samples galore at all five Dinstals stores this weekend. For the holidays, you may want to ship some of these great chocolates and candies to your family and friends across the nation. Maybe you're just looking to stock up for Thanksgiving and, of course, for Christmas and all the holidays, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Nothing uh, is better than just those milk chocolate uh, delectables, whether it be the chocolate-covered pretzels, the chocolate-covered caramels, the chocolate-covered Heath bars. It's always better with the Dinstel's chocolate. And, of course, the Cashew Crunch and all the great fruits that they cover with those chocolates, they have them for you at Dinstel's. And, again, take advantage of this special. This weekend only, special discounts on your purchases. Start your holiday shopping early although some people start shopping for the holidays in June. Start it now at Dinstel's. Five convenient locations. You know them by now. They're out in Collierville. They're over in Germantown. They're downtown at downtown Memphis. How about the Laurelwood store? Have you been in there since they remodeled it? Unbelievable. And then, of course, the Pleasant View store where they make the candies. For over 120 years, they've made the chocolates and the candies. It's Dinstel's. Put a smile on somebody's face with chocolates and candies from Dinstel's Fine Candies. We'll take a timeout. Come back with more. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. The Major League Baseball winter meetings haven't even started yet, but there's been a lot of news the last two days with the managerial news. We talked a lot about it yesterday, and then there was more news Later in the day, with Ron Washington getting the call from Angels ownership. Ron Washington, who the last seven years has been a third base coach for the Atlanta Braves. He's 71 years old, one of the most beloved figures in baseball, and a former manager, last managed with the Texas Rangers of all teams, the World Series champions. That was back in 2014. So Ron Washington gets the call. I guess with this latest trend, of recycled older managers with the success they had, Dusty Baker in Houston, Bruce Bochy this past year in Texas. Why not Ron Washington? Yeah, Ron Washington was really good with the Rangers, took him to back-to-back World Series. Um, should have won one of those that they, of course, gave up the home run to David Freeze and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been around the Braves um, and they've, you know, won a World Series that with them as a coach. So uh, certainly, um, I, I don't see any any reason not to. I mean, not for him not to get another chance. I like the move again. One of maybe the most beloved person in the game of baseball today. From the world of college football, again, Ryan Silverfield joins us at eight oh five. The Ole Miss Rebels will be heading to Athens to take on Georgia. Lane Kiffin yesterday talking to the media said. We got nothing to lose. And I like that. I like that attitude of a coach. They know what reality is. They're underdogs. They're going in. They're not expected to win. You just let it all hang out and see what happens. Yeah, I don't even know if Lane will bring the punter. <laughs> um, I no need, right? He is going to go for fourth down. If, they are, if it's even remotely a decision he's always he's going to go for it and that's unless it gets you know late in the game and they're you know leading whatever but i would imagine he is going to be very aggressive um in going for fourth downs things like that and yeah i mean they, they don't have anything to lose i heard one you know they're they're not going to make the championship game anyway because alabama is 
and you've, you're playing on the road at the number one team in the country. What the heck? Let it all hang out and see what happens. Michigan has sent its response to the Big Ten's notice of disciplinary action. A university official told ESPN that leaves Conference Commissioner Tony Petiti to make his decision on a potential punishment for the Wolverines. However, Michigan also said... We remain steadfast in our conviction that due process matters. Like all members of the Big Ten Conference, we are entitled to a fair, deliberate, and thoughtful process to determine the full set of facts before judgment is made. We continue to fully cooperate with the NCAA and the Big Ten regarding this matter. They sent a 10-page response to the conference focused on urging Petiti to respect due process. Again, I don't understand the due process in this. Give me one explanation of what the guy was buying the tickets for. You know what this is? It's a delay. It's a it's a delay thing, right? They're just trying to have this thing drawn out and delayed so they can play with what they hope will be or in what they hope will be the playoffs. And you still got some obstacles ahead. Penn State this weekend still got to play Ohio State. You are delaying what will be the inevitable. What sucks, though, is, and again, you and I have talked about it ad nauseum for years, when they take away a championship, they take away a, an NCAA appearance like they have with the University of Memphis. It's like, what, is it erase your memories? You forget that you were there? It's like, shut up. All right, there's not a banner. Okay, big deal. But if you can nip it in the bud early, because you know there's going to be some sort of penalty, then you nip it in the bud. Now, the question is, will they do what you would like them to do? and prevent Michigan from going to the playoff? Or will it just be a simple suspension of Jim Harbaugh, although nothing simple? But do it before the playoffs, not after, in hindsight. That's what they're doing by saying that you have to respect the process. They're just trying to delay things. Because I don't think there's any doubt Michigan was caught cold-handed, and they're going to be punished in one way or another. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I mean, there will be some sort of punishment. It is not going to be enough. And again, the Big Ten, the, the, you know, this is the Big Ten that they're dealing with right now. This isn't the NCAA. And I understand the Big Ten can't say. That's true. You're That's true. not, uh, they, they could theoretically tell them they can't play in the Big Ten championship game, but they can't tell them they can't play in the playoffs. But so they could suspend the big, Harbaugh. The Big Ten has, you know, there, there's always so much they can do. Right. It's the NCAA um, that I would like to see actually step up and gotcha. say you can't play. In you put in a postseason ban for at least this year, but, right? Um, yes, I know the in, in Michigan is going to delay stuff and any punishment. They're probably going to appeal. Um, they're going to try and drag this out as long as they possibly can and hope that it all and, and that nothing happens this season. And maybe Jim Harbaugh ends up sitting out the first three games of next year again or whatever, if he is still the coach at Michigan and doesn't go to the NFL. Who knows as far as that is concerned. But this is a um, very standard lawyer-type tactic mm -hmm. that they are employing and makes sense. Again, I don't see what could take that long about an investigation from the NCAA. I, it, all you got to do is bring them in, sit them down. It's like, give me, give me the explanation. What, what were the tickets for? Who were the people at the game? And why were they videotaping the other sideline? If you, once you can't explain that, all right, we know what was happening. That's against the rules. Here's your punishment. Let's all move on. Have a good day, everybody. Who do they open up with next year? Our Lady of the uh, the Highways? Who, who is I it have, that? I mean, I'm sure it's some juggernaut that they open up with. Uh, another text here on the Grizzlies before we wrap things up for this hour. Texter says, last year, the number six seed was 44 wins. When Ja gets back, you're going to have to win basically 66% of your 57 remaining games to get there. Um, if you go six and nineteen or seven and eighteen during the suspension, uh, well, last year and again, I don't. Who knows how many of those fifty-seven games Ja will play? Like you know, we don't know. I mean, certainly he'll miss some games along the way. But in games Ja played last year, they basically won sixty-six percent of them. They went forty and twenty-one last year. So um, with Ja, that's what they were last year was a team that won sixty-six, just about sixty-six percent of their games. How many of the games last year? Did Ja and Adams play together that they won? Uh, I don't know. That's I what I want to know. Because we know Ja is incredible. But this team is better when they have Steven Adams. That's pretty obvious. So I would be more curious to see what percentage of games did they win when Ja was in there with everybody else but no Adams. That's the number. that, And that's what bothers me. That's why I said earlier, I'm not saying Bismack Biombo is Steven Adams. He's not. But Bismack Biombo 
is a better option than Xavier Tillman. And Bismack Biombo maybe could be a difference maker. And that's what they're evaluating. That's why I said when you and I talked about he's not going to start, he's going to start. Now, I know that Tillman's been out, so he started. But I don't think there's any question that when Tillman's ready to go, you got to play Biombo and Tillman comes off the bench to back him up. To really see if Biombo is that guy that you want to cut a player for and keep him after the 25 games. Unless, again, they're waving a white flag. We'll just let Biombo go and we're this 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 is a wash this season. But I think you really have to evaluate the guy. And so far, I think in two games, he's looked pretty darn good. That's that veteran presence. He knows what he needs to do. He's not out there jacking threes. And I know Tillman, that's part of the offense. He's not doing anything he wasn't supposed to do. Just wasn't making anything. I like where Biombo plays. Uh, Drew says Michigan opens with Fresno State last year, then plays Texas in week two. Okay. All right. So now if you got a suspension to open the season and it's Texas, that's a different ball. But, but as he says, it won't matter. Harbaugh will be in the NFL, which I think I, there's probably a pretty good I, chance of that. I sort of agree with that as well. I think he's going to get out of Dodge. I don't think there's any question about it. All right. We need to take a timeout. When we come back, hour number two, it will be Tiger football heavy. Ryan Silverfield will join us at 8.05 and then at about 8.25 or thereabouts, it's the Tigers football report as we break down the Tigers and Charlotte. Then hour three, it's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl inside college football hour. With Harold Grader, we'll have our world-famous pick six. So one of you will go up against one of us for delicious Central Barbecue. Sunrise and Sunrise East. When you're thinking about breakfast this time of the morning, maybe wanting to grab a quick something on the way to work, uh, well, or maybe just got some time to go by and enjoy a great breakfast over at Sunrise, either one of the two locations. They have the best breakfast in town from their great biscuit sandwiches with those homemade square biscuits, and maybe it's the sausage, egg, and cheese, or bacon, egg, and cheese, or that P-Love with the fried bologna, egg, and cheese, which is absolutely out of this world. One of their bowls, or maybe the kitchen sink. All kinds of different options for you to choose from on the breakfast menu, plus a great lunch menu as well that you can enjoy over at Sunrise with the bacon cheeseburger, the French dip, which is my favorite on that lunch menu, plus other sandwiches, salads, and other things. It's uh, absolutely a lot of people don't even don't don't give the, the the lunch the credit it deserves because the breakfast is so great. But they've got a great lunch menu as well. Sunrise, the original, is at six seventy Jefferson Avenue. Sunrise East is on Poplar Avenue in East Memphis for breakfast and lunch. Check them out at Sunrise. Ryan Silverfield is next. This is Sports Fifty Six Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk Sports Fifty Six. 98.5 FM.